Welcome to the Nourishing Amy podcast. I'm Amy Rankin. I am an emotional intelligence and life coach, a speaker, a creator, and a wellness chaser. I have created this podcast for you to learn habits, mindset changes, and get really actionable takeaways to find out who you are, what lights you up, how you can love yourself again, and how to live your best life. Give yourself the space to welcome in more self-care and confidence, reduce feelings like overwhelm and stress, and let's find your sparkle again. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Nourishing Amy podcast. Now we are nearing the end of our mindset series, which is super cool because that means it's been, I don't even know, I've lost count of how many episodes we've done, but I'd say at least 12 now, um, different mindset thinking patterns. And I've been getting quite a few messages over the last few weeks from people that have been listening to a few of these episodes and noticing some of them coming up in their lives and just mentioning that it's so interesting to see where these things do come up and the different ways that you guys are now starting to implement different thinking patterns or even just catching yourselves out. So I absolutely love that. Thank you to everyone that's been sending me messages. Um, I have a few really interesting topics that I'm going to be touching on after this mindset series has finished. I'm actually in the middle of recording a podcast episode on relationships and how a relationship can change when you bring a baby into the world, because that's another topic that I've actually had a few messages from people who don't have children. Um, that have asked what my perspective is or what I think and how I think a relationship can change. Now, interestingly, I don't think that it's a one size fits all and I think it's going to be different for everybody. But I also think that that episode is going to touch on um, relationship communication ideas and topics that is going to be beneficial for everybody, not just if you have children or if you've just recently had a baby. Now, before I jump into today's cognitive bias or today's cognitive distortion, which we are going to be talking today about global thinking and detailed thinking, what their differences are and how you can notice them. Now, this one is actually pretty simple. So it's only going to be, I think, a pretty short episode today. So I'm going to give you two episodes this week as a little bonus because I don't know if you guys have been following along on Instagram, but I've been pretty sick um, this last week as well. So I've missed a few weeks of podcast episodes and recording for you guys because to be honest, like having a baby and being sick, they just do not work well together. There is no time off. Um, Ollie still needs to be fed. He still needs to be played with. He still needs his nappies changed and it has been a rough few weeks. So I appreciate you all being patient and hanging out with me over on Instagram while I've been checking in every now and then. And yeah, so like I said, I will do two episodes for you this week because this one is going to be a bit of a short one. Now, before I get into the details of what global and detailed thinking is, I'm going to give you my recommendation. Now, today's recommendation 
is a bit of a random one, actually, but it's something that I was like, wow, I wish I knew that these existed sooner. This is really cool. This is very helpful to know and probably is going to help me save on my electricity bill as well. So for those of you that don't have air conditioning units and you want to be keeping your rooms warm of a nighttime, so you might have an oil heater or an electric heater in your room or potentially in your children's room, um, they have these things called heater mates at, well, we got ours from Bunnings. I think you can get them from the good guys and stuff like that as well. So it's called a heater mate. And what it is, you plug your um, heater mate into um, the PowerPoint and you set the temperature. So it's little like a little digital device kind of thing. And you set the temperature that you want your room to be at. And then you plug your heater into um is that right? I'm just having a look. Okay. Yes. It's double-ended. So it's got one side to plug into the wall and your heater plugs into the other side. Um, and so your heater automatically switches off once it gets to that temperature, which I think is genius because like we really don't need our heaters on all night. Right. And a lot of the time, like, so say for example, with us, with Ollie, like I know that the coldest time of the night is between around like three and five or 6am. And so I'm like, well, we don't need the heater on all night. We only need it on when it gets below a certain temperature so that Ollie's not waking regularly. So we've got it set to that temperature that it gets to when it's really low at like say 18 degrees. Um, so that once our room of a nighttime dips below 18 degrees, once it's in that like 17 degrees or so, the heater comes on. And then once it gets up to 18 degrees, it turns itself off. And you guys, it might seem simple, but it is absolute genius to me. And I hope that it's saving us some money and because we don't have to have our heater on all night. And for those of you that have air conditioning, congratulations. I'm jealous. I wish I had air conditioning as well <laughs> in our room, but renovation life. Um, anyway, so that's my recommendation for this week. Like I said, a little bit of a random one, but um, I want to veer off from, you know, just the general like other podcast episodes and TV episodes and series and movies and stuff like that. And um, be just talking about like practical life stuff that I have found that's really helping me out lately too. And like I said, last episode, if any of you guys have any recommendations that you want to share as well, come over and shoot me a message on Instagram, like send me something that is like a really simple life hack or something that you're like, wow, this has actually changed my life and it's really easy or it's such a good idea. Let me know. I would be more than happy to share some of your recommendations on here as well. Now, now let's have a look at our cognitive distortion for today. Like I said, we are looking at global versus detailed thinking. Now, I first learned about these when I was doing my cognitive behavioral therapy certification, and we start to look at all of the different cognitive distortions or cognitive biases and thinking patterns that we have. And these are these sit um, as one in the same, but they're exact opposites of each other. I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm probably not explaining that very well, but they're essentially a similar concept, concept, sorry, except that they are the exact opposite 
of each other. So it's kind of similar to if you've listened to any of the other previous episodes where I talk about our six psychological needs. So we have six psychological needs, but they're actually in um, groups of two. So there's three groups of two and essentially they are the exact opposite of each other. So as an example for what I'm talking about with regards to the psychological needs, we look at say one, for example, is certainty. And so people with a certainty driver will like plans. They like lists. They like to know what's going on. They feel very in their comfort zone when they know what's happening. They've got their calendar sorted. They know what's going on on the weekend, like all that kind of stuff. That's our certainty people. Now on the exact opposite side of that, we have variety and our variety psychological needs or our variety driver is our people that they would feel very stifled by all those to-do lists and knowing what plans are and all of those types of things. They're happy if plans change at last minute, they don't mind. It doesn't bother them. They're very like, whatever happens, happens, very go with the flow. And it's not that either of them are right or wrong. There's neither that is better than the other. They just are what they are. And generally we will lean more towards one than the other. And like you can see, they're the exact opposites of each other. So they're both cognitive, uh, sorry, they're both psychological needs. Um, or our psychological drivers, but they are the exact opposites of each other. So that's what I'm talking about with um, global versus detailed thinking today as well. So our global people, you guys like to look at the big picture. And the best way that I can describe this and the best way that I had described to me when I was learning about this was our global people. My biggest question for you is, If someone's telling you a story and there's a lot of detail in that story and it's kind of going on and on and I know some of my friends that are listening will be laughing at this description because this is exactly me when I'm telling a story and I think I'm doing so well at getting through it. Guys, there is so much detail in my stories. It's ridiculous. Um, So if you are one of those people that's listening to your friend who's a detailed thinker or a detailed describer they'll be going into a lot of detail with their stories and you're just like oh my god hurry up like okay what's the point or like yes okay I get it like what happened so if you have a tendency to lean towards that side of like oh yeah I do get really frustrated when I feel like people are just kind of going on and I just want to get to the point you are generally a global thinker Now, let's look at the opposite side of that, though, with detailed thinking. Now, the funny thing with these are we can be both exactly the same as when I talk about our human psychological needs, that we can experience both. And it's actually a really good thing to have a mix of both with us. So when we look at detailed thinking, this is, of course, the exact opposite, that we really like to know all the details, the little intricacies of everything. Um, I've got a few different examples. Um, You will be one of those people that kind of goes into detail with your stories, all of that kind of stuff. Or say, for example, if you're at work and someone has said to you, okay, I need you to go and do this. And they just say, "Um, I need you to go and do this presentation on this topic. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, Then 
afterwards you kind of leave that meeting and you're like oh shit okay like how do I do this what detail do they need what examples do they need what layout do they need all of those types of like what if and like what am I doing here questions start to come up there's a good chance that you are a detailed thinker and that you like those intricacies to be set out for you so that you feel confident in yourself and you know what you're doing and you've got some direction there so The funny thing with these is you can be both. So you can be a global thinker or um, let me word that a little bit differently. You can be a global thinker, but a detailed storyteller or a detailed giver. I don't know if that's really the best wording, but so... I'm going to use myself as as an example here, which I don't like to do very often because this podcast is about you, but I feel like this is the best way that I can explain it. I am a global thinker in that if my mum is telling me a story and she like goes off on all these tangents and then this phone call happened and this phone call happened and then this happened and then I had to stop on the side of the road for this and that, I'm like, oh my God, just get to the point, like, just tell me the end of the story. Like, where are we heading here? I don't need all these details. Um, and that's not just for my mum, that's with everybody, but my mum is definitely a detailed storyteller or, um, a detailed sharer. And so I am a global thinker, but I myself am also a detailed sharer. So like I said, my friends will be like, come on, Amy, get to the point. Like we've got so many details happening in this story that didn't need to be included, which is so funny when you think about it, because it's exactly like they say, we are the mirror for the things that we don't like and so within ourselves. And so when I am like, mom, come on, hurry up, get to the point that's exactly what I not necessarily don't like within myself, but that's what I do. And it's just, yeah, it's funny. So don't feel like you need to be all one or all the other with these things. You might notice that the same as me, you like the global thinking and the global storytelling to just get to the point. But then the details of like, okay, if I've got a task to do, I'd like to know exactly like what direction I should be heading in, how you want it set out, all of that kind of stuff. So let me give some examples of global thinking so that you can recognize this in your own life if you see it coming up for you. So with our global thinking, you guys are looking at the big picture here. So you like to come up with new ideas and new projects. Coming up with new things isn't daunting for you. You like to think outside the box. You have a low tolerance for tedious errands. So if you've got a day of like running around and doing the grocery shopping and you know, all of those life admin types of things that can feel quite tedious for you. And you've got a bit of a low tolerance for that. You have a low tolerance for people who tell long stories and generally have a low tolerance for things like filling out forms and just those everyday, like day-to-day things that's just like, oh my God, this is just going to take so long. Um, Even things like, you know, signing up to online, like when it pops up and it's like, get 20% off by putting in your name and email address. You're like, "Mm, no, I don't need that. Uh, global thinking, you are great at outlining what needs to be done, but filling in the details can feel exhausting. So let's say, for example, you're the person at work that is asking for this presentation to be done. You think you have done your job by simply asking for that task to be done. Now, if someone then comes to ask you, okay, well, um, what layout do you want it in? Do you need this detail? Do you need it in chapters or subjects or headings? Like, what are you thinking? 
uh, that can feel exhausting for you and you can kind of be like, oh, I don't know, just figure it out. Like you do it how you want it to be done kind of thing. Um, and another example for global thinking I has, have is if you have a new task to achieve, you will generally focus on the goal first. You'll get the information that you need. And then as you are working towards that goal, if new information comes to you, you adapt to that really well. It's not daunting for you. It's kind of like, okay, cool. I can run with this or I can include this and that's no worries. So when you've got that new task and it could be anything, it could be just a general goal that you have in your life. You generally focus on what that big goal is first and kind of that why behind that. And that gets you connected. And then you go and get just general information that you need and kind of start. You don't need all the tiny little details to get going. So that's our global thinkers. Now let's look at our detailed thinkers. So our detailed thinkers, you think about things in great detail and sometimes you can miss the big picture because you get a bit carried away with those small details. Now also you would prefer to edit or tweak a plan um, or a task, then come up with it from scratch. So kind of the opposite of what I was saying with the global thinking where uh, you like to come up with new ideas and new projects, our detailed thinkers would prefer for, say, for example, a presentation to be given to them at work and say, okay, can you edit this for me? Can you make this look good for me? Can you like make this into our brand's colors or whatever the case may be? And that makes you feel really good because the layout's already there. It's already set out, ready to go. And you're like, yeah, amazing. I can do that because you love the details and you like to work on all of those little details in that thing that you're doing in that task. Uh, you detailed thinkers, highlighting study notes doesn't really work for you because you end up highlighting everything. Now, when I was researching for this and I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so me. So there's going to be some of these things that really stand out for you in the global thinking and the detailed thinkings so that you can see like, okay, I can see how both of these things are coming into my life here. Uh, with our detailed thinkers, you may have a tendency to overthink things, which also means that you might describe yourself as anxious. Now that doesn't have to be anxious all the time, but you might notice that you have a tendency to lean towards feeling anxious or noticing that anxiety is something that can come up for you from time to time. And if you really drill down into the why behind that, it's generally because you've been overthinking things. Uh, our detailed thinkers like to write lists and our detailed thinkers have excellent attention to detail. Now, the cool thing about this is when we're looking at relationships, and this is any relationship in life. Yes, we can look at our romantic relationships, but we can look at relationships in the workplace, in our families, within our friendship groups, with our children, all of that kind of stuff. I read a really funny example. It's not funny, but a really like interesting example of how this can work and these two things can work together. So the example I was reading is there was a woman that organizes music festivals, obviously before 2020. <laughs> and um, she is a very global thinker. And so the music festivals would run well, but there she would always be able to reflect and notice that, okay, like maybe this didn't go as according to plan or this didn't go as well as what I was hoping. And she was okay with that, but she just kind of was like, all right, well, maybe I would do this differently next time without really going into too much detail about it. Now, she also knew that she was a global thinker. So she's just kind of like, look, as long as I've got this person, this person, and this person, 
person playing or this act, this act and this act coming. I'm happy. Let's then sort out everything else from there. Now, what she did is she decided to employ somebody else onto the team the following year who is a detailed thinker. And so she gave them the layout for the festival from the previous year. She told them the things that she think didn't work very well or that she, like upon reflection, would like to change. And that detailed thinking person came in, revamped everything, had a look at all the tiny little things, like the things like the portaloos, the things like having FPOS on site, the things like, um, you know, how many standard drinks someone can take with them at a time, all of those types of things. And really got into the nitty gritty, did all of the correspondence, all of the emails to to and from everybody for her so that she was purely in charge of all the global stuff, the big stuff for the festival. And this person came in and did the detailed um, thinking and the, the small, tiny, intricate things for the festival. And that the following year for that festival, they had the most ticket sales they had ever had. They made the most revenue from that festival than they ever had. So you can see how global and detailed thinking people can work really well together and have the opportunity to work really well together. It's just being aware of what you lean more towards in certain situations, whether it be when you're taking on board information and you want that global detail. It's just like, I don't need all the tiny little things. Just give me the big picture and I can run with it. That's fine. Or whether you want all of the little details and that makes you feel comfortable. If you can learn to communicate what you need and you can communicate that well and efficiently and be like, okay, I need a little bit more detail. I need this, this, and this. Even for somebody that's global thinking, if you tell them exactly what you need, they can give you that information. And then you're both on the same page. You're both feeling really good. So being able to call out and recognize or be aware of the thinking patterns that you run, exactly like I've touched on in every single other mindset episode that we have had, the awareness is key here. And to notice what one you lean more towards, global thinking or detailed thinking, and where that comes up for you in your life, and where that can bring up feelings like frustration um, that, you know, this person hasn't given me the information that I need, or, oh my gosh, this person's just not getting to the point and this conversation is going on for too long and noticing where it can create different, uh, differing opinions, differing perspectives and can bring up some certain feelings like frustration, like I mentioned, and just calling it out for what it is and noticing, okay, this is because my detailed or global thinking is coming up here and the other person is doing the opposite and it's making me feel a certain way. It's making me feel frustrated. I feel angry. I feel like I need some space. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm leaning towards starting to feel a bit angry anxious, whatever those feelings are that are coming up for you, just recognizing them, knowing what the reason is that they're there for you. And sometimes it can be as simple as that, just labeling it and noticing, okay, cool. My global thinking is coming up here and that's why this feeling is here. And I can take responsibility for that. So to go back to the example that I was using earlier of me getting frustrated with my mum when she tells stories or my friends getting frustrated with me when I tell stories is that I can recognize it's okay for me to feel a feeling. I actually posted a quote. Let me see if I can quickly go and grab it for you. Posted a quote uh, from the holistic psychologist on my story yesterday. 
Uh, also, if you don't follow The Holistic Psychologist on Instagram, that's a little second bonus recommendation for you. It's a fantastic Instagram account if you're into all of this stuff, which I assume you are seeing as you're listening to this podcast episode. So the quote is, your emotions are valid. Your reaction to your emotions might not be. So your emotions are valid. Your reaction to your emotions might not be. So it's totally valid for me to feel frustrated from time to time when someone is trying to explain something to me and they're very detailed in their story. That's fine for me to feel frustrated, but my reaction to my emotions may not be valid. Like I may not need to really lean into those reactive responses that I can have. It's okay for me to feel frustrated, but can I take responsibility for that and recognize, hang on a second, yes, I feel frustrated, but that's because my global thinking is starting to kick in here and it's actually got nothing to do with the other person. That's just how they are. That's just how they work. That's how they explain things. And it's just that you are trying to process things on another level and differently. And there's that difference that's coming in there. And that difference is making you feel frustrated. You are creating that frustration for yourself. So again, it really comes back to taking responsibility for how you feel and that nobody can create your feelings for you. Anyway, this episode has actually gone on a little bit longer than what I thought it would. Would love to hear what you think about it. If you have any um, questions or comments or anything like that, as usual, come and drop me a message. Let me know and I will see you again later on in the week for your second episode for this week. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You guys have no idea how much that absolutely makes my day. I get such a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I hope that you have gotten something from this episode. If you want to hang out more, you can search the Nourishing Amy podcast community in Facebook and come and join our group. We're talking all things life, love, overwhelm and everything in between. You can share your funny memes, your stories, and all of the life stuff. If you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find me at amy underscore Rankin. Last but not least, it really helps to support my podcast when you subscribe and leave a review on whatever app it is that you listen to this podcast on. I am just a little independent podcaster and every subscribe and review helps my podcast to be seen and heard by more people and to help more people get their sparkle back. Thank you again so much for being with me and have a fantastic day.